Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many it is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021 Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself, and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the wellness breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, episode number 102. Today we have wealth therapist Jennifer Love. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Money, what a great topic we dive in today with wealth therapist Jennifer Love. Jennifer is known as one of the top 5% advisors globally around money. We dive in deep, deep, deep today, ladies. Oh, if you've got any blocks around money, this is going to start to help poke through it so you can really start to see what's happening underneath. We dive in deep today about what true wealth is. Let me give you a clue. It's definitely an inside job. Understand that each one of us carries some type of ingrained unconscious idea about money, our relationship with it, how much we can have, how happy it makes us or how successful we'll allow ourselves to be. So as soon as we start to identify that and start to break through any unconscious limitations, then you can truly expand to such a higher level of acceptance to wealth, abundance. So today we're going in deep with Jennifer Love. She has a great story. Some of you are going to resonate a lot with it. I do want to do a big shout out to say thank you for those that are leaving podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge two of the reviews. Kate Miller. Kate says, fabulous breath of fresh air. She's given five stars. She's given a couple of okays, thumbs up and smiley faces and claps. So thank you for the emojis. She says, love the energy, the golden nuggets to take away and the inspiration. Thanks. And then we also have another one from Tanya Allen 8. She said, I've always admired you for everything that you do. It doesn't surprise me that this show is world-class. What an incredible, awesome show. Such incredible mission to female entrepreneurs to balance between health, wealth, 
business and lifestyle. So you can read more about Tanya's there. She's written a lot more, but thank you so much for taking the time. This is a labor of love, ladies. I do this just to help lift everybody and for me to stay connected with you in the world. So if you do take a couple of minutes, actually, let's face it, it takes probably about 40 seconds to jump on and to leave a review. It means a lot to me and it helps get that message out there. Also, as a token of my gratitude to say thank you so much for taking the time and supporting the show. When you do write a review, reach out to me and I actually send you a beautiful Shrosky Crystal Herpreneur pen to say thank you for supporting the show. Now on to the lady of the hour. She's all the way from USA, Jennifer Love. Jennifer is rated among the top 5% of advisors globally for money therapy. She really loves to dive in deep to the world philosophy. She's found on many weekends, actually been a judge on startup shows. She is a mentor for Shark Tank, helping you land a shark, and an advisor for many companies for Fortune 200 to actually helping celebrities through their true wealth blueprint as well. If you're loving what you hear today and you'd love to know how to work more with Jennifer, just scroll below at the end of the episode and click the links and you can find out more. She's got a great challenge coming up. Welcome to episode 102, Jennifer Love. So Jennifer, I would love to kick off with where in this beautiful world are you right now doing this interview? Where are you? Where will we find you? I am blessed to be living in Santa Barbara, California, which I call the land of magic. I've never been to Santa Barbara. Get your booty here. It's incredible. Yeah. Play. What, would like? what would it be like? What would I see? Well, I've got the ocean over here to my left. I'm looking out on my deck. Um, so I'm sitting in my office, my home office on my couch, and I'm looking out at the, at the ocean right now. And then to my right, I've got the mountains. So I'm blessed to have the ocean five minutes away and the mountains five minutes away. <laughs> that is me to a T. Yeah. I grew up in a place called the Blue Mountains. It's a real touristy area because there's these massive mountains and there's just there's nothing else around. It's just beautiful. Sounds and amazing. To the other side of Australia where there's beach and it's 88 kilometres of just water. And it's stunning. It's stunning. But if you could give me both. What made you move there? Is that around where you, you grew up? But no, I moved here from New York City almost four years ago. And that was on a whisper because I knew no one here. Um, but that was on a whisper. It was like the land was calling me. And I said, okay, I finally, one, once I brought an executive team in to run my chocolate, I have a wholesale chocolate company. Um, I brought in a team to run that company. Um, I was more free to be able to move wherever I wanted. And so I went on an S a Western frontier exploration in Santa Barbara. The moment I got off the train, it was like my heart was pulled out of a compression device. My cells and my body just like went, <sighs> and I just relaxed. And I was like, within a minute, I was like, this is it. And a week later, I manifested where I lived for the first two years up on the mountain. And four weeks after that, was moving out of New York City. It all happened very fast. <laughs> Amazing. Jennifer, you are known as one of the top 5% wealth therapists, money mindset people globally. I would love to just dive in deep with mm-hmm. what's your story? How did you get to talking about money? Yeah, you bet. I'll take us back to the three-year-old Jennifer. So the three-year-old me is standing in a hallway. My brother's in the other bedroom sleeping, taking a nap. 
and my parents are fighting behind their bedroom door. And I can hear my father punching holes in the walls. And I'm standing there just kind of confused, not knowing what to do. And before I know it, my father's walking past me down the hallway and out of our life. And I see, I turn, I see my mom sitting on the bed and she's crying. So I, I go up to her, I crawl up on the bed and, and I see the cut up credit card sitting next to her. And she looks at me and she says, your dad's leaving. He's not coming back. And we don't have any more money. Like we're all out of money. And that was the day that my father was an entrepreneur, um, you know, fairly successful entrepreneur. And that was a day that we went from being with my mom <laughs> and, you know, my father and living rather rich um, to the day that we went to basically living in poverty for several years. In fact, we ended up moving to California from Oklahoma um, but we lived in that rat house. We lived in the ant house. We kind of made light and made fun of, you know, what we could. But what I watched that day was my mother become financially disempowered mm-hmm. and never really fully recover from that. Wow. And there was a whole lot for me in that, you know, there was a whole lot to to work through and and dig into, right? How I was making things mean like, gosh, you know, somewhere deep inside, I'm not lovable because dad's not sticking around. Um, or I'm not good enough, right? And the, this is a common story. This is not just my story. This is the story of so many leaders, entrepreneurs in, um, in business, and a lot of women. For a lot of women, this is a really common story. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I had to do my work on yeah. this, but the, the little three-year-old also made a promise to, internally to my mom that I was going to figure out how to make it okay for her, Right. This little three-year-old like took on all like, oh, I'm going to be the hero, you know? And, and, and so all of this began expressing through me over time um, and how I was seeing that show up. The not good enough voice was beginning to show up as I'll slave away and I'll be successful and I'll prove that I'm worth it. Right. And so, you know, here I am um, building large companies or, you know, helping to really grow other very large companies um, and, and quite successful on that, except that deep inside with each success, each accolade, it didn't really matter because there was still a big old void inside of me. Yeah. Right. And again, this is a common story. This is what so many of us are doing. Um, and so, what I really had to do was this own my own work, right? Now I've been a money therapist and a business advisor for almost 20 years now. And I've studied business development um, and human and organizational behavior and development for two decades. So this is work that I've been doing for a very long time. But guess what? I don't get to opt out of this work either, right? I have to do my own work in this. And so much of that was unpacking um, the I'm not lovable story or the I'm not good enough story that was keeping me up two nights a week, you know, not sleeping so I could keep working, drinking two pots of coffee a day and a hot mess, even though I had lots of money in the bank. And at that age period as well. So I'll do like a timeline therapy technique where mm-hmm. you know, press back to do whatever, find out what blockages are there. And that age would you say from three to nine? Was it from three years older than the next, what, seven years or six years? Yeah. I mean, really by the time we're nine, all of our executive functions are pretty much yeah. formed, programmed and set at that point. 
that's what I'm saying. Like that is yeah. like deep work that and, and maybe didn't even realise, you know, as you're going along until, you know, you start to pull it out and go, oh, you sort of have some idea of the story but not realise how rooted it is. So, 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 so rooted. You're so right in that. I mean, the um, part of what I've done in, in this work that I've done for myself and the work that I do with clients, it's like unpacking what are not only the stories, but what is some of the emotionality that I'm holding on to that I haven't processed and that I need to make friends with um, in myself. And so one of the things that I got to discover and learn about myself was, gosh, I have a big old heart, you know, a big old heart and, and, and one heart that really loves and cares deeply, right? The fact that that little three-year-old me wanted to take on all that stuff for mom and make it okay. I mean, such a sweetie pie, right? Yeah. Such, a, such a sweetheart. And so when we begin to look at what's really true and we can compost some of these things that we're, we've yeah. taken on, right? And I also got to really learn that even though I had built up all the walls and put on all the armor and the defense mechanisms yeah. because it didn't feel safe, because I didn't feel good enough, because I wasn't lovable enough. So I was going out there pretending like I was all okay, but on the inside, I was just really a hot fucking mess, right? And and so what I realized in, in all of that was, gosh, I'm incredible at building things. I am really creative. I mean, I've built five companies at this point, right? And and so, wow, like underneath all that, after I step out of the transformer I put myself into, um, gosh, I'm incredible at building and creating and I have a lot of tenacity. And you know what? Hmm. All the validation and love and and good enoughness that I thought was way out there. <sighs> Who knew the whole time it was right here. Right. <laughs> and, and so these are some of the lessons that I got to learn and, and take the keys to my own power back. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, you can probably hear in that, in my own story. I want that so much for others. Yeah. Yeah. Too. What was the difference that you saw? Cause I could imagine when you're talking about the food, like you're building companies, yeah. but it felt like it's more of like the, the push. What, what was the difference oh, yeah. in as soon as you made that, you've reframed, you know, everything of your past and who you are today. What was the difference in energetically with flow? Like what happened differently with the business building and money? And Yeah, this is a great question. Um, so the my beingness, my being in the doing is what has shifted the most there you know one of the things i'll I'll often say is that (laughs) making money is easy right it's easy um and and having joy in our life is simple now it may not be easy to feel joyful Mm -hmm. but it's it's simple and simple and easy are very 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 different things And so when we begin to actually step back and say, hmm, how do I actually create more easy? How do I create more easy? Well, we get to more easy and the gateway is simplicity. And so the more that we actually begin to not only um, find simplicity, but we begin to actually accept the fullness of who we are. Yeah. Our beingness in the doingness completely shifts. Because I'm no longer chasing something 
for value outside of myself, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's, wait a minute. It's all, it's all right here. So, huh. How do I actually want to be? What do I actually want to do? And how do those, those two things actually want to go together? And that's what shifted. Yeah. When you talk about the simplicity, like I look at us with building, my husband and I have just launched a new business together last year with the Sound yeah. Institute. Congratulations. And thank you. And so we, we're known to do public speaking and we do coaching and we do like a lot of different things for sales, but then we moved state and yeah. we decided to open up the Sales Institute and really just, you know, help entrepreneurs and business owners. And we are part of this mastermind group. It's a high-level mastermind group and they're incredible at marketing. And it's quite funny because we got to 1.2 very quickly, very mm-hmm. quickly because we know how to sell. Mm-hmm. And we got there by just doing two things that we love doing, which was webinars mm-hmm. and telephone calls or face-to-face where yeah. we're a part of this yeah. marketing, marketing mastermind where we're learning all this amazing stuff, right, and we know all the stuff. We were going, but the simplicity for us we could get bogged down with all this extra stuff that you can do. But at yeah. the moment, we're doing what works for us and keep yeah. it simple. And then yeah. maybe for the two meal mark, then we can start to, you know, put that into the next part. But I love how you're saying that with we're getting so bombarded these days with, you know, you've got to do this one and this one and this one and you've got to eight step process. And, you know, and sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard because, you know, it's like you're saying, and you're talking about what's inside of you, right? We're talking about what's inside of you because we can do all this stuff outside, but if there's an incongruency there, it's that push technique again. That's right. And, and that's right. And so much of what I found to come kind of full circle in your question what I found actually began to shift outside of me as a result of the internal shift that was happening was all the stuff was starting to magnetize towards me, right? I, I remember this was about two years ago. I was at an event, like an influencer event down in San Diego, California that I'd been invited to. And there were a bunch of people in the room that I had really wanted to connect with. There were about 40 of us at someone's private home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went around and kind of did the whole introduction thing. Um, And I thought, I'm going to do an experiment right now because of how I'm being in my doing, right? In my, and and emotionally attaching to my desire, Mm -hmm. but energetically aligning my own frequency to who I want to be, right? So I stood there, I stood, I stood there and I said, I'm not going to move from this space, I've identified, I've identified, I've identified who in the room I would love to connect with, but I'm just going to stand here and I'm not going to move. Do you know what? I didn't move the whole time. I didn't need to. People were coming to me. That's right. The opportunities were drawn in to the way I was being, Mm. right? It's kind of like the, the, now people hear this and they're like, wow, that's really woo woo, Jennifer. I'm like, I know I get it. Let's bring it down to the science piece for just a moment. If you take a tuning fork, and you, you, you actually hit the tuning fork like this. Anyone who's in music or science will love this. Um, it'll start vibrating, right? It'll start vibrating. If you take another tuning fork and you put it up towards it and it's not vibrating, it's going to start vibrating at that same exact frequency in just a moment, right? And that's the kind of magnetization that we want to create in our life. But we want to start from the place first of 
who do I want to be? Because we're, the truth is we're always manifesting. We're always manifesting, but it's, it's more the question is, what are we manifesting? (laughs) (laughs) Because when you talk about um, neuroplasticity and because you can retrain your brain and bring this up, but you can also train your brain for the negative thoughts as well. So it's, you're you're always evolving in some way. So that's right. That's right. You're manifesting in some way. Um, I would like to ask you if there's women on here and they're going, oh, like this could be me, how would mm-hmm. they know that they're sabotaging? What's showing up for them at the moment or what would they start to see maybe in their past to now to know that they're actually sabotaging their real ability for true wealth? Yeah, yeah. Well, true wealth um, and living wealthy to me is, yes, it's about the net worth right? What's in our bank account, of course, and how that's being invested. Um, but living wealthy is so much more about a state of being alive and free and whole in ourself, right? And so true wealth is less about how much money we have and more about the satisfaction, satiation, and joy that we have in our life and, those, and, and how those interconnect and play together, right? And so what I see as the, uh, what I call the upper limit, right? This is not a new term. Um, the upper limit effect is like when you feel like you're starting to get really freaking resentful. That's a lit, like, here, I'm going to give a couple of litmus tests here. You're starting to get really freaking resentful or you're starting to judge yourself and be like, hmm, I feel like I should already be there. I, I've been at this for a long time and, and I just, why am I not there? Why is this so freaking hard, mm-hmm. right? Or you've reached, a, you've reached a plateau, maybe you've gotten to a million or 2 million or 10 million, but you yeah. just can't seem to break through or your profit margins are a hot mess, right? Because we can make lots of sales, you know this, but if our margins aren't there, That's what's right. It doesn't matter. The profit and the revenue, like profit is sanity, revenue is vanity. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so it's these kinds of markers um, that are the evidence or the clues, maybe I should say, to, to our upper limits, right? Now there's a whole laundry list of other things, but I've just given a couple here that really give us a sense of like emotionally, how are we doing? Is our inner critic showing up every day and we're just like beating the heck out of ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, with the whip? Like I know so many women that are doing that, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a normal thing. So it's those kinds of um, clues that let us know, hey, hmm, I'm probably sabotaging, right? And the way that this is showing up, I'll give a couple of examples of clients. I have one client who, um, oh my goodness, she made 10 million twice Mm -hmm. and had it stolen from her twice, Twice. right? Um, And so this is a prime example of someone who's incredibly capable of making money, but was really afraid to be with it. And the sabotage that was coming in to her sphere because of how she was being with the money and her partners and relationships with that. Okay. Right. So we had to take a deep look at that. Another example. Uh, I as well though, yeah. she might, that upper limit hasn't shown up at one mil, two mil. It's when she's got to her limit at 10. That's so right. for the audience listening with your upper limit, it can, it, it, 
it, it will always change. You're limited, like there's there's a there's a limiting belief that will come up. You'll fix one and then you'll get to the next level and then something else shows up. So for her, that's right. it didn't show up until 10 mil. But then that's, it's the right. right now. That's exactly right. You know, other other people are, you know, taking on hundred thousand dollars in debt and not telling their spouse um, yeah. and hiding it, right? Or or we've made lots of money. Um but we actually feel like we don't deserve it. Yeah. And we feel like there's some sense of indebtedness or like something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so how we're being with them, maybe we're hiding something. Yeah. We've got secrets, mm-hmm. right? We're, we I live with like shame that. around it. Yeah. I feel like that when I started to, I changed my rate. So I was working for a training company for sales and earning it was a percentage of the day and it was like $300. And I thought, gosh, like, I know that there's people out there doing what I'm doing, they're earning $3,000. Yeah. Right? But they, and I was working for a boss that had a limiting belief because his fee for me as a trainer was $1,595, $1,595. Yeah. There was, I was trainers getting 3K for the day. Yeah. So I decided to step away and I made this promise to myself that I'm going to be earning 3K a day. And then the next day, I kid you not, I get a referral. And the referral was for a speaking gig and it was for a a large music company out here. And they said on the phone, how much do you charge? And I thought, shit, I've only worked out a day rate and they want me for an hour. (laughs) Guess what I said? I swallowed, I took a deep breath and I said $3,000. And then mm-hmm. okay, great, let's organize a time to come in. And and I was like, damn, I'm probably too cheap. <laughs> but then the next yeah. thing that played out, Jenna, for, for the next year was yes. I started to make great money. And then I felt like I was deserving of getting my dream car that I had on my vision board. And then when yeah. I got my car, I was embarrassed to go to my family's house in it. So then that was an uh, you know a limited limitation there. I knew that was a block. And then I had to give one of them a lift one day. And I was like, I was, I felt like I was making excuses. That is, this is such a prime example yes, of how yes, these absolutely. things get expressed yeah. themselves in us. Like it's like the what's that little game? I don't know if you have it in Australia, but the game we like the little gopher head pops up and you like bop it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Into the next hole and you bop it. Right. And, and that is often, um, and this work, this deep inner work, right. Um, that is required. And, and we begin to over time as we evolve and it evolves with us. Um, we begin to see, we begin to see how it expresses itself and we just get to love on those, Mm. that beautiful sweetie pie inside of us. So that reframe for me was, let me show them what is possible. Let them yeah. show them that the past is not the future. Let yeah. me show them that I didn't have a great education at school, but let me show them what you can do when you work in your genius zone. So that was the reframe, which was a few years later when I started diving into more of that NLP stuff and just doing that self-work. Yeah. But that was the reframe that I made back then. But it's interesting to see what continually pops up even now. Yes. What, what happened with your family um, after you reframed that for yourself? That's a really interesting question. The first thing I did was I told my mom how much I earned because I was embarrassed yeah. for an hour and she was crying. She was so proud of me. Hmm. Um, I don't know what else what happened. I still feel like today that 
there's a separation from the tribe in some way, but I mm. always feel like that I do lower myself down to feel more comfortable. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes, yeah, so there's still obviously stuff there. Sure. Yeah. And again, another common yeah. uh, reality that so many of us experience, right? Not don't, please don't outshine um, other people. Perfect word, not to outshine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they'll somehow, for some reason, feel bad. Um, and so we're taking on this role of what I call one of the heads of the drama llama, the hero. Uh, and, and then we begin to over time normalize, or we can begin to normalize our own suffering. Again, another thing I'm seeing so many leaders and entrepreneurs doing normalizing their own suffering through even not shining. Um, me too, by the way, I did that as well. Um, you know, I've got an interesting story. Um, if, if it's okay to kind of lead us down the path of, and that is through sponsorship. Um, there was a sponsorship that in one of my companies, the first year we went out to get, um, and I'd love to leave everyone here with a tip on using values, your values as a way to be a decision-making filter for how you're making decisions about money. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like something? That sounds great. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, so yeah, this was, uh, I found myself in Silicon Valley sitting in this, the sponsor's um, office. You know, I was in there and looking for uh, a six figure sponsorship deal for the year for our business. So not a small sponsorship deal. This is a $110,000 deal. Um, and, you know, listened, had a great meeting, like everything went really well, went back, did the, you know, the deck, um, got the support and like, we, like we crushed it with this, with this deck, went back, we got the yes, mm-hmm. but then there was a, but a bump bump and the, but a bump bump was yes, we'd love to do this, but, um, can we just start with the 90 day trial? And one of my values in the company at the ta- at that time with that company was have her back. Now that was have my teams back. And that was also meant have our clients back. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the way that we were going to be building in this sponsor into the year-long program was going to require a lot of effort in the programming for the back end, what we were doing in marketing and all of those things. But it was also going to be making an offer, um, a very, very strong offer to our client base. And I was like, well, wait a minute. If they at 90 days decide they want to pull out, that I just dangled a carrot that, oops, sorry, jokes, just kidding, you know, no longer there. And for me, that didn't feel like I was having my teams back or having my clients back. Mm -hmm. And so I took the weekend, I I thought about it, I talked to an advisor and I was like, you know, this isn't the right decision. It's a no for me. Now, I had already gotten the yes, but I had to go back and say no, because I'm using my values as a decision-making filter for how I'm being in relationship with money. Well, ultimately I went and had the conversation that following Monday. I said, look, I explained the whole story. Like, here's why, here's my values. Here's why we can't do this. Here's why I think it's going to be great. You know, all the things that you're teaching people to do. Right. And I did it. I nailed it. You would have been proud. Um, And they understood, you know, and so what they asked for instead was, well, can we just break this up into quarterly payments? 
And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And we, we finalized and, and closed the deal. Yeah. Right. Great. Hey, did, did you feel, was there something that felt off as soon as they did it? Did it feel weird? And then you had to process that feeling of what, why does this not feel right for me? I don't want to say no, because we just got the yes, but there's something here that I need to explore. Is that what was going on for you? Where there was something inside that was feeling different or? No, it was kind of more like a big bummer. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was feeling like a big bummer cause I had spent a great deal of time, um, you know, really going all in with this, um, yeah. potential sponsor with the deck, like with it all in. And yet I was like, if it's not right and, and they're, you know, this isn't going to be an alignment, I'll just go find someone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was more of the, it was a bummer. Yeah. It felt like a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then but your ability to be able to speak that truth. And even have that walk away where if it's either a hundred percent or it's it's a zero, it's a, it's a nothing. Yeah, now that was something that I've been much more in practice of. So there was more discomfort in that actually yeah. speaking up and speaking my truth and what's real, knowing that I might be walking away from something that would have been really supportive for our business and marketing. Mm. Yeah. We have two different types of female entrepreneurs listening to the show. One in the startup oh. and one that's just going for it. She's seasoned, she's been around for a while, but maybe she's looking for a change or different or expanding. Could you leave us with two pieces of advice, one for each of them, the startup and the woman in the growth phase? Yeah, yeah, for the startup. Um, there's something I often find a lot of the startup entrepreneurs um, experiencing, and that is, you know, I've got to get it perfect. It's got to be all right right now. And if I don't, I'm somehow not good enough. I failed, you know, I'm a miserable, it's miserable, right? Mm -hmm. And so they end up often getting stuck in not making momentum. Mm -hmm. So for the startup that's listening to this, I encourage you to put on the mindset hat that you're in the science lab and that you're mixing up all the different formulas and you're figuring out which one is right. And so everything in your business, take it on and make it beta, beta, everything, beta, your programs, beta, your pricing, <laughs> right? Just beta, beta, beta. Awesome. It's just evolving over time. And you're the scientist in your, your business lab, figuring out which, what's the right formula. Love that. What a, I've never heard that. Jennifer Love. That's so good. That's such a great concept. They're just seeing what formula works and that just releases great pressure. Oh, that's fantastic. So moving on to the female, she's seasoned, she's ready just to go at another level or expand or she's just ready to get off again. Yeah. Invest in yourself like your life depends on it because it does. Um, All of the strategies, all of the how-tos and tactics, they're awesome. They're great. But you know what? You're so freaking smart. You've gotten to this place. You already got it. What you need is on the inside. That's the stuff to take care of. So invest in yourself like your life depends on it because it does. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Now, you've talked a lot about, you know, working on the inside, alignment, Mm-hmm. There's one question that I love to finish the show with, and I'd be really interested just to hear your answer <laughs> because I just don't know what it's going to be. 
what is the one thing, if you could narrow it down to one thing, because I could imagine, Jennifer Love, you probably do a lot. I know. I'm like, (laughs) does it have to be one thing? (laughs) Because I've got four. (laughs) If you can bring out the four, it's okay. Believe me. Um, What (laughs) makes you like the happiest version of you. So what is something that you do, a practice that you do, something physical or something energetic that, you know, just realigns you to be that happiest version, re-centers you, what would it be? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, one of the first things on my list is being in nature, like literally getting myself outside you know, not listening to a podcast, <laughs> but just in silence and connecting. I'm, I live in Santa Barbara, California, so that's easy for me because I've got the water and the mountains right here. But just to actually connect in with the sacred thing called nature and mother earth um, and how grounding that is for me. Another thing on the physical side, um, I love to pendiculate. And, and so pendiculation do you know how, you know, when um, animals are like, they they do this kind of like stretch thing, the like downward facing dog or that big, you know, so they're actually resisting against their force and they're stretching and putting like putting space into their body. Now, I like to do that with while I'm breathing. And oh, so I'm doing that now. I'll <laughs> and I'll... I'll actually breathe oxygen into a space in my body that needs movement or needs to shift, or I need like, I just like, maybe there's a little pain or a soreness there and I'll just pendiculate and breathe into that. And oh my gosh, Nat, it just opens me up so beautifully. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm letting you work. <laughs> uh, one more, one more. And, and this is, um, oh my goodness. I, am constantly surrendering into a place of humility because I'm finding that the more I surrender, the more that I humble myself and put down my righteous freaking ego, the more happy I am, the more space I access in myself for what wants to be. And what a beautiful way to end this interview. Jennifer Love, it's been an absolute honor. Where can everybody learn more? And I know you have something coming up for the mm-hmm. end. Can we dive into that a bit before we totally wrap up? I will. How can we find out more? And if they go, I want Jennifer Love to help me. Where yes. can go? Well, go to jenniferlove.com. And there's a discovery form that you can complete right there. And the team and I, it takes like two minutes. It just gives me enough information to like figure out how to really show up and support you. And then as Annette said, I am launching a show at the end of February along with a live event and it's called The Nature of Money. And this is kind of more documentary-ish style show where I'm bringing in um, like epigeneticists and we're looking at how like um, you know, story is carried through our genes and like the worry gene versus the warrior gene and, and how all these kinds of things manifest. I, I break down in a three-part series, um, the Cinderella story. Um, and so I'm doing this more documentary style, the nature of money, while we're looking at the principles of nature along the way and what it has to teach us. So I'd love for people to come check me out um, on Spotify and Apple podcast there as well too. 
fantastic. Well, what we'll do is we'll have all the links below. So if you're listening on Pandora or on um, Apple iTunes or however you listen to the show, just scroll below and there'll be a link there and that'll take you through to everything that we've mentioned on the show today. Uh, Jennifer, it's been just beautiful. Thank you so much for turning up today and just bringing us your genius zone. Um, Thank you so much and we can't wait to learn more from you. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.